You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. guys want to turn in your Bibles to Acts 19. I'll be super honest with you, I've got one scripture and um, nothing else. So we're gonna, I feel like we're just going to start with a thought and, and see where it, where it goes. <clears throat> you know, over the last... I don't know how many decade or so that I've been in church. It's the temptation in in our profession and what we get to do within the body of Christ as as pastors and leaders, and uh, the temptation is to make Sunday out as the big deal, right? And and it is it is a big deal, but it's not the crescendo of of the Christian life. And um, the temptation for a lot of believers is to, or at least some believers, uh, is to think that because they've been taught that when we, we get together on Sunday, that's, that's it, right? We've, we've waited all week for this one thing. And um, I, I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily inherently wrong with that, um, but I am saying that that does set us up to have improper perspective on what kingdom life is actually about. And this, it's, it's, you know, Jesus invited us into a lifestyle of, of following his example. <laughs> and it wasn't just to sit in 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 Sunday morning church, and then just live life as per usual, and uh, just wait on on heaven to wait for me to go to heaven someday, right? That's a that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I I love the fact that we got this, you know. Once you got signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit, um, when you accepted Jesus into your life, and the majority of what we talk to in church is believers. I was just talking to a pastor not long ago, you know about. And um, the majority of the people we, we usually talk to within these, these services are believers. So I'm going to talk to you like believers. And, um, you know, when we get sealed by the Holy Spirit, we've, we're going to go to heaven one day, right? And, and um, the temptation in, in American churches to wait until that, that day comes and just live a good life until then. But I want to tell you, and Ed, Chris did a beautiful job of... <clears throat> articulate what, what was on the Lord's heart. I could just feel his heart coming coming through you, man. That was beautiful in communion. And um, we do, we take communion because we remember that Jesus paid with his body and his blood um, for us to actually live a lifestyle that he invited us into. And, and when I, I downplay it to a Sunday morning gathering, and that's all the Christian life is, and go to church on Wednesday and go to special events, Right and things like that and conferences and and I don't get it outside the four walls of of these places. Then, then I have lessened the power of the blood of Jesus and the and the sacrifice that Jesus made. And His blood is still still 
still echoing over every generation that has been on the planet since him over 2,000 years and is still echoing over us as an invitation into a lifestyle of of miracles, signs, wonders, uh, and ultimately being a sign and wonder for the people that are around us. Now, I'll preface it with this because this this is the big deal. Um, that it is all about loving people, right? It's all, it's all about loving. It's all about being led by love, driven by love, compelled by love, however you want to say it. It's all about being enveloped by love. It's all about showing the world that the Father really loves them just the way that they are, right? Because we've found that out. That's why we are where we're at today. We've, we've come into the arms of Jesus because we knew that there was no judgment in His eyes. We knew there was only mercy and love Right and, and this invitation into just, just being with Him, being sons and daughters, uh, right? We know that. And for me to keep that to myself would be a disservice to everything Jesus has paid for, right? Because the, 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 real, the real indicator that Jesus has set me free is that I begin to be selfless in ways that I never dreamed about it, that I actually begin to live live selfless in every, every single area, every facet of my life, everything that I get to do. It's, it's with the intention of overflowing everything that He's poured into me constantly. Because there's a river that flows from the throne of heaven, and it flows down into every single believer. And I believe that river is the Holy Spirit, right? And it flows into us for a purpose. It says that in, in John 7, 38, Jesus stands up at the feast and he says, hey, if anybody's, anybody comes to me and believes, you just, out of their heart will flow rivers, plural, of living water. Right? <laughs> he didn't say it would be a reservoir. He didn't say it would be a lake or a pond, right, or, or even a stream. He said rivers of living water would come out of us. There's a reason rivers are supposed to come out of us. All right? You know, rivers shape landscapes everywhere they go. And I believe it's an indicator that the river that flows out of us is to shape culture around us. Is that it's not supposed to shape it into church culture. It's supposed to shape it into kingdom culture. And if you don't know the difference, I'll give you a brief explanation of, of, of the two. And I, I can't sum it up and do a great job, but I'll do the best that I can. And church culture tells you that the things that I've talked about already. Is that you just come into the church on Sundays, you hear a message, you sing some songs, maybe or maybe not you encounter Jesus. I, I've got a friend that says you sing three fast, three slow, and away we go. <laughs> Y'all been there before. We don't do that, but that, that happens for people, right? <laughs> four fast and four slow. Zero slow. <laughs> That's true. Yep, I've been there too. And so we come into the church on Sunday, and, and, and I, I get my fix, or I mark off my, my to-do list of the things that, you know, I, I attended church, which that classifies me as a good Christian, and, and then I go on about my life, all right? And, and that's okay if that's the only thing that you've ever been taught. But kingdom culture looks like, I give my life to Jesus, I lay it down, it's all about what we sang this morning. It was a beautiful articulation of kingdom culture. Wherever you go, I'll go. Isaiah said it very well in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, here I am, send me. He had an encounter with God. 
an encounter with God that he was, he was whining and crying about King Uzziah, right? Couldn't believe that he was gone. And Jesus didn't even, God, however you want to put it, didn't even address what was going on in his life at that moment and the grieving that was happening because he knew what he truly needed. He needed an encounter. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple, it says in Isaiah 6. And we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know how long he was there. We don't know how long it lasted, but we know that it forever changed him because he was a different man after that. And I believe it's an indicator in the, in the foundation of what kingdom culture looks like in, in Isaiah is that when I encounter the Lord, when I have an encounter like that, in any way, no matter what it looks like, it doesn't have to look like the glory of the Lord filling the temple. It doesn't have to be that extravagant. But when His love hits my heart and opens my eyes to the truth, because the only way we know Him is if He opens our eyes to truth. We can't even accept Jesus unless He is drawing us to Him, which He's drawing all of humanity to Him, right? But it takes the Spirit of God unblinding the eyes of people to actually believe that the gospel isn't foolishness. Because when people read it from a scientific mind or from a literal mind or just a human mind or humanistic mind, it's foolishness. All right? It doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. But when I encounter him like that, the response, the natural response of his love hitting my heart is, here I am, send me. That's the natural response. Because when he, when I find out that he gives me life, the only, the only thing that I have to give back to him you know we say that often we're like I don't I come to you with nothing like I can't give you anything you don't have <laughs> the only thing I can actually do is give back to you what you've given to me and that's life because he gives us life in it more abundantly you know why he gives it not just not just life but the abundant life because it's to give away that's, that's, that's the foundation of, of what kingdom culture is, is that there's a, a lifestyle that, that starts on the inside of me. It starts with my yes, and I say, Jesus, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, wherever it's at. I, I prayed this prayer when I gave my life to Jesus. I believe it was a setup, personally, because I didn't, I, didn't I didn't know anything. Like, I, knew, I knew nothing except for that I desperately needed my life to be changed. And in desperation, I cried out to the Lord. Not at an altar, not at a conference, not at an evangelistic meeting. <laughs> in an 8x10 room, <laughs> I cried out to Jesus. And I said these words. I said, God, I know you didn't, you didn't intend for my life to be like this. Like, there's no way. And I didn't even know God, but I knew that this couldn't be it. And I said, I'm broken. You build me back up the way you want me to be. I'll go anywhere you want me to go, do anything you want me to do, say anything you want me to say. I just ask that you, you, just, you just do whatever it is that you wanted me, whatever you want me to look like, whoever you want me to be, come on with it. And I, I give this life to you. I, I said, essentially, it was my Isaiah 6 moment. Here I am, send me. And the Lord's inviting us. I felt like this morning on the way here, I felt like there was just an invitation into this miraculous lifestyle. We call it a kingdom lifestyle, or you can just call it a life of a son or a daughter. Whatever you, however you want to word it, it's all saying the same thing. It's a life that says, I don't, I don't care. In reckless abandon, I give it all to you. 
if it takes me to the ends of the earth, and you know, the reason that I really, I was specific on some of the places that I told the Lord I wanted to go as I matured a little bit as a Christian, because I just was terrified that I would end up sleeping in the dirt in some country in Africa or somewhere, you know, you're just like, like really, I'd like to do this, this, and this, but I'll pass on this, right? <laughs> Can we we get a criteria here? You know, could you give me some options? And uh, that's not what <laughs> that's not giving my life to him. <laughs> that's pretty restrictions on what he what he wants what I want him to do with my life. And I believe that there's a dialogue that you can have with the Lord in all those things. But I'll also tell you this: that all the places that I'm currently going and currently called to, that none of them were on my radar, and they definitely would have been on my short list of places not to go. Guaranteed. <laughs> For a handful of pretty good reasons. But when he actually said, this is where you're supposed to go, immediately my heart shifted. And there's a, there's a love that fills your heart for that particular place and those particular people. Right? It's a special grace that comes. And sometimes the hesitancy of giving him everything is that I'm not sure what it's going to look like. I'm sorry to inform you, but that's the life of faith. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to look like. And it's, and it's okay. It's okay if I'm nervous. <laughs> it's okay. Right? I've definitely got, I definitely have gotten nervous lots of times. All right? And things that even in moments of encounters with the Lord, and things feel good and sound good, then you get outside of that encounter with Him, and, and you're not feeling His presence so much anymore, and you're like, I don't, what did I say yes to? <laughs> You know, that that's that's the indicator that I have begun to think with the rational human mind. <laughs> ben Armstrong said it like this. He said, uh, he's part of the he's over the prophetic teams at Bethel. He said, Never doubt in the darkness what you've believed in the light. <laughs> Never doubt in the darkness what you've believed in the light. And what I gathered from that, because that that one liners always stick with me. I I love those one liners that that are a whole lot more tucked into them than what meets the eye. And what I gathered from that is, is when I am outside of the encounter, outside of that moment of worship, outside of the ecstasy even that I feel when I am present with the Lord and I'm going through tough times or having doubts or things don't feel so good or they're not working out for me like I hope they would, then there's doubt that can come in and say, was that the Lord? <laughs> Right? And I need to go back to those moments of encounter. <clears throat> you know that within the encounter that each one of us have, that those experiences, I'm sure that everybody in the room has experienced God in some way. Right? You've experienced Him. Whatever way that is, you've met Him. If you're saved today, if you are born again, son or daughter of God, you have experienced God in some way. And the encounter that you had with him, I can guarantee you that you did not extract all the spiritual nutrients out of that encounter there was to get. That you and I can go back into those encounters and extract more of the things that God has for us that are meant to nourish us and feed us spiritually so that we can continue to go 
as Chris was talking about, as we can continue to run this race as those that have intentional uh, focus and purpose. You know, Paul said that in Corinthians. He said, I, he said I'm, not, you know, I'm not doing this aimlessly or recklessly. I, like, I'm doing this with purpose and intention. I am running this race as one who is actually trained to do it. And that's the thing that he's called us to. And so my help along the way is oftentimes going back into that encounter and saying, I don't know what's going on right now in this moment. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And things don't look like I, ho- I hope they would or prayed they would. I need to experience you the way that brought me to this point. Because most of us would agree that we wouldn't be where we're at today if it wasn't for Jesus. We were singing that song, thank you for carrying me in the season of wilderness. I'm like, my gosh, you've done that so many times. Sometimes I didn't even know it. He was carrying me. Not realizing that I didn't feel like I could even stand. And it brings me back to the place that oftentimes I realize how weak I really am without him. How weak and utterly helpless I am without Jesus. And so in those moments, I need to be able to go back to something that will bring me back and center me into the truth of who He is, right? Because when I extract spiritual nutrients from those encounters that I have with Jesus, it feeds me with truth. I love what Leif says. He says, deception is very deceiving. Deception is very deceiving. But what keeps me from that in the moments of not knowing what's happened is actually gaining spiritual nutrients from those encounters, which leads me to the truth, the person of truth, who is also the Word. And it actually feeds me with truth, which brings me back to Jesus being my true north. Because wherever you go, I'll go. you, you You know that when we sing those songs... Those are declarations that we're saying we're actually going to do. <laughs> Those are, these are not just songs that we sing. They're declarations of truth that are pulling us in the direction that the Father wants us to go. He is like the magnet of our life. <laughs> he's all the time trying to set us up to be successful in everything that He's called us to. <laughs> all the time. Every single day of our lives, He is putting people in, in, in front of us. He is giving us truth. He's giving us revelation. He's, we're encountering Him. He's reminding us of testimonies of His goodness. He's doing all of these things on a daily basis to not just get us to heaven one day, but so that we will be rooted and grounded in the love of the Father and that we will shift culture around us, that the world that we live in will not just go to hell in a handbasket, but will actually be changed by the power and love of the Father and be shifted in everything that the Father's always dreamed it would be. Did you know He's got a dream for every single nation? Every single nation, he has a dream of what it will look like, what it will be. And guess who he put in charge of the earth? Us. I had some great conversations with students this week in class. We're teaching on, you know, it's the healing module, physical healing module in, in Revive School Transformation. And there's lots of questions that come up when you start talking about miracles. 
there's lots of questions that come up. We've got, we have a doctor that's in our, in our class this year, and uh, she's just amazing. But, you know, there's lots of, of questions that come up because a lot of things still don't make sense to us. And that's okay. That's hard for, for a lot of people to live in, in the mystery of God. And, and I understand that because I've had my own challenges. You, you just, you got to work that out with you and Jesus, right? And hopefully some good people around you that will keep you rooted and grounded in the truth and not rooted and grounded in experience. Because experience can never trump truth. When my experience and when other things in the world begin to trump the truth of the Word of God, then, then I, 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 I am bent towards thinking with the rational, rational mind and humanistic thinking, which is out, outside of kingdom, which leads often back to church culture. And will, and, will, and will get me, in, and if I stay there long enough, it will take me into a place where I just do, I do what feels right. That's, that's good worldly advice. Just do what feels right. All right? And that's the soulish Christian that just lives by the way that they feel. What doesn't feel good... I don't do, but it doesn't. Lead, it, it, that will never lead me into the place that Jesus is. Because if anybody's an example, it's Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Right, so that he could eventually be resurrected and ascend to sit down at the right hand of the Father <laughs> and say those beautiful words at the cross. Right when he was hanging on it, it is finished. <clears throat> That's where the rational line, mind will lead me away from that. Jesus didn't think like that. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's, he's literally sweating drops of blood because the capillaries have busted. He's under so much stress and so much strain that he's literally sweating blood. And the temptation he had in that moment... This temptation that we experience in moments that aren't near that severe, and I, I know personally what that's like, because he, he, in, that, in that moment, the temptation is to rescue me out of this situation because it's horrible and it's painful. But Jesus said, no, not my, if this cup could pass from me, that, you know, that'd, be, that'd be all right, but... Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. It's the epitome of, of kingdom life. I know I never got to Acts 19.11. I did not forget, I promise. We're just following him. <laughs> Not my will, but your will be done. It's the most profound and yet simple prayer that we could ever pray. And some think, well, what's his will? I'm going to try to sum it up for you in, in short, and, and I'm actually going to read Acts 19.11 because I believe this is going to lead us into a place of realizing that I may not know exactly where I'm called to. I may not know what this thing's going to look like in the next month or the next year or the next five years. I may not know any of that stuff, but I know what I'm going to do when I wake up tomorrow. 
I'm going to live for him. I'm going to love the next person that's in front of me. And whatever is needed in a situation, no matter how much supernatural power or reconciliation or deliverance or, or healing or provision is needed, when Jesus and I step into that situation, when you and Jesus step into that situation, you've become the majority. And whatever's needing just became probable, not just possible. Isn't that amazing? So, Acts 19.11, the Apostle Paul, you're probably going to hear me teach on Acts, you will hear me when I teach on baptism, you'll hear me uh, pull these passages that are before this out of there because it's, it's beautiful. But just this one scripture, Acts 19.11, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. <sighs> read it one more time. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out from them. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul was the perfect picture of a religious person before Jesus. And he was really good at what he did. If you read Philippians chapter 3 in the first six verses, you'll find Paul bragging about his pedigree before Christ. And he had a lot in the natural to actually brag about. He really did. But here you find him, and I love watching his life through the book of Acts and from the time of the road to Damascus and, and this, this moment right here. And, and you see what we don't see is the, is the three years or th three or so years that he spent encountering Jesus and getting truth from him. We don't see that. And I would love to see that. I hope to one day see that. But we don't see that, but we see the evidence of it. <clears throat> And that's what I want to point us towards, is that when kingdom culture, when I wake up to the fact that kingdom culture lives on the inside of me because the kingdom is enveloped, you look in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, right? But it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not this, but it is this, and it's inside of the Holy Spirit, who lives in you? The Holy Spirit. So the kingdom realm lives on the inside of us. We live on the inside of the kingdom realm. It's both. It's not either or. Right? He come and envelops us. He come and dwells on the inside of us. And then kingdom culture immediately comes into our lives. And we wake up to that as people teach us or we discover it through the word and people confirm it through teaching and we get this edification through teachers that points us to the truth of the revelation of kingdom living on the inside of me and I don't have to be in a building for the kingdom to actually take place but everywhere I go the kingdom was meant to come on earth as it is in heaven. That everything that the Father wants, the will of the Father, is to be lived out through each and every single one of us on a daily basis. And that my life, unless I am taught against it, will actually be bent towards the impossible happening through me, through you. 
that Jesus is not just a, is my rescuer when I'm in a bad situation. It's not just the, the porcelain prayer, Jesus. The Jesus that's a genie in a bottle, right? Just when I need help. Like Jesus is bringing us out of this thing of just calling. It's, it's not just like he's not just here to bring us comfort and empower us and help us and heal us and do all those things. Yes, he's all that, right? But even while I'm in the process of all of those things going on, even when I don't know what's happening in my life, even when I'm hurting personally or I'm sick personally, physically, I still actually on a daily basis look for opportunities for the supernatural to be my natural so that people can experience the love of the Father the way that has set me free. And Paul embodies that, right? He embodies it in such an incredible way that they are actually taking handkerchiefs. He is working. He is working. It, it, it has no indication that they were bringing him this handkerchief that they got at Walmart. They were unpackaging them. They were handing it to Paul. They're like, Paul, could you pray over this? Now, we have prayer cloths today. I just, we play, prayed over one in the, in the prayer room last Sunday, and we, and we gave it in his, uh, to one of my friends, and he's given it to his brother today. Like, he's given it to his brother, and, and the reason is because his arms don't, they, they don't really work any longer, and he's a young man, and, and he got hurt at work, and it's, it's a long story, and, and, um, and prayer cloths work, right? They still work. I know they do. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's so, it seems so very mystical, right? When I think about it with a natural mind, it's a, it's, a, it's a piece of cloth that has the tangible presence and anointing of God on it. And when it touches somebody else, it does whatever they need because the presence of God is on it, right? Like it doesn't get a whole lot stranger than that. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Like this thing that I'm going to wipe sweat or blow my nose with, you, you actually pray over it, you give it to me, and, and, and I get healed by God. <laughs> like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at all. But Paul was actually working, not praying. He was being himself. And when we are ourselves in Christ, you know what exudes from us? Love and power. And the sweat that was coming from him the sweat that was coming from him, they were just taking the handkerchiefs that he was working with. They were like, let me have that. And they would take it to people that were demon-possessed, oppressed by the devil, and needed physical miracles, and they would lay the cloths on him, and the demons would leave, and the miracle would come. <laughs> I mean, come on. I thought that the Christian life was going to be boring when I came to Christ. You know, because my life was one great big... It was a party, but it wasn't a lot of fun. You ever been to a party that wasn't a lot of fun? But there were drugs there? That was my whole life. <laughs> the party that wasn't fun with drugs there. <laughs> True story. I can joke about it. I lived it. <laughs> I figure somebody ought to get some laughs out of this thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> But when I came to Jesus, I thought this, it, it was, he would be the fun sucker of my life. Like even though I really wasn't having fun, I had some, some moments of what I thought was fun. I was just messed up in the head. That's all it was. That wasn't fun. <laughs> I thought Jesus is going to give me a great big bummer. That's all, all it's going to be. 
is, is my life's going to be a bummer and I'm just going to be this, lack of a better term, this square, right? That doesn't do anything. <laughs> and this is just going to be, this is going to be my life now. And then somebody showed me about miracles. And then I prayed for a bunch of folks and nothing happened. <laughs> and I thought, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Thank the Lord I didn't pray, as many, pray for as many people as Todd White before I saw a miracle. <laughs> Jesus knew I didn't have the longevity for hundreds of testimonies of nothing. <laughs> but I did have dozens. And I've got, I've got dozens more since then. <laughs> but once you see the first one, I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking, and I remember being in Kroger parking lot on the north side working 2012 for Samco. And, and actually the guy that I gave the handkerchief to, we were working together. <clears throat> and um, Robert Karst. And, uh, you know, when you work in a work truck, you've got to stop somewhere to use the bathroom because they're yet to figure that out. And uh, <clears throat> they haven't incorporated bathrooms in there. You've got to have an RV. Never mind. So... <laughs> Bad joke. <laughs> Thanks for pity laughs. So, so went into Kroger, and on my way back out of Kroger, I see this guy limping towards me, and I was told that anybody that had a limp, cast, crutch, painful look, brace, any of that were all legal targets for love, right? And, and so, and everybody's a legal target for love. They don't have to have a cast, cr crutch, brace, limp, any of those things. Like, they don't have to have this. And um, they just just have to be breathing, right? And, and actually, they don't even have to be breathing. You find <laughs> dead people, you pray for them too. It's called resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the, the, the Muslim lady that came to the, to the crusade in October with her dead baby inside of her, and now her baby's alive? <laughs> Come on. That's resurrection. <laughs> So I was wrong. They don't have to be living. <clears throat> but I saw him limping, and I, and I was I'm terrified. You know, the hardest part is to start a conversation with somebody that you don't know. It used to be the hardest part of my life, and, and now Lindsay said I make friends everywhere I go. And uh, I don't do it on purpose. I just open my mouth, and, you know, we just start talking. So <clears throat> it's easier for me now, but back then it was terrifying. And I don't even know what I said to break the ice, right? And, um, but I have found out that if somebody has an injury, they do like to tell you all about how it happened. They do. So that's good, right? I want to hear what, what happened to you. I, I care about what happened to you. And so in a moment like that, I get to show somebody that I care. I'm not responsible for the miracle. I love D Daniel Kalinda says this. He, he says that, that miracles are the easiest part of my job because I don't do them. <laughs> and, and so I, I don't I, I didn't approach him to 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 perform the miracle I, I approached him to hopefully see it <laughs> and hopefully not see what I had been seeing which was nothing because that's the worst thing that can happen is nothing nobody's going to beat you up right like I, I mean the worst thing is they might say something mean 
the more I know who I am, the less that matters. <laughs> and so I stopped him, and his foot had, had this great big laceration. He had had stitches on the bottom of his foot, and it had been cut wide open, and he split it open again. And so you could imagine the limp that he was walking with. And I just kneeled down there in the parking lot and grabbed his foot, and I don't even know what I prayed. And it's probably a good thing because I probably would have tried to make it into a prayer model, right? Because when something works, we think, oh, we're going to do it again. <laughs> and again and again and again. And then we find out that the prayer doesn't matter as much as the belief. <laughs> the words aren't as important as what I believe in the moment. And so I prayed for him. And, and, and um, back then I was a little afraid to check, right? Because if if you have them check it out right then, then you're getting ready to find out the, whether or not it happens. Well, it's like a lot of people don't like words of knowledge because it's, it's either the past or the present, and you're going to find out right then whether your word of knowledge was correct. There's, it's not, people would rather prophesy years down the road <laughs> and then not give you their information. <laughs> Call me if, you, if that comes to pass. I don't have your number. Okay. So this guy starts walking away, and, and he's probably from here to Kyle. And I'm, I'm watch, I turn around to watch him, and he's not limping anymore. And he turns around and looks at me, and he stomps his foot. And he says, look. And so I just take off running towards him. I'm like, yes. It really works. And it ruined me. It absolutely ruined me. It ruined me because I found out in the process of this is that the kingdom gets released through all those that are available. Right? It's, it's not how educated, how, how well spoken. It's not how, if you've been to seminary or not. It's, it's not, God's not going by classifications. He's not going by your and, and my human credentials. He's just going upon availability. Here I am, God, send me. All right? Unusual miracles were done through the hands of Paul. Even though we watched the unusual miracles happen, they don't even happen through his hands. They just happened because he was available and he exuded the kingdom. It comes, <laughs> I remember Leif Hetland telling this story, how uh, it, it was years ago, and he was in Karachi, and he said, uh, I think it was 2007, and uh, there had been 50 people that had been killed before sunrise and uh, by, by extremists, and he was 51 on the list. And, and they were doing a, a conference, they were doing an outside open-air meeting like we had done when, when we were there, and uh, there were a, a gang of, of these guys that were coming towards the stage. And he knew they were coming. He, he knew it was coming. He knew he was on the list. And he saw them coming. And he said to himself, now is a good time to learn to love. <sighs> uh, I, I was thinking now is a good time to remember how fast I can run. <laughs> I don't know where to run <laughs> in Karachi, <laughs> but I, I would have been considering sprinting and hoping that they didn't have more endurance than me. 
which at this time would hopefully get me to a, a cab or something. I don't know. <sighs> Somewhere where I didn't have to run more than a mile. And as these guys approached the stage, because he postured his heart as a son and knew that if he had learned to love in the moment, that love would exude from him. <sighs> and so he just stayed. And as they came, the power of God fell on all of these extremists. And you see a video. There's a video, there's video evidence of it. And all of them are dancing before the Lord. <laughs> came to kill him, ended up worshiping. Because <laughs> that's what happens when somebody postures himself in such a way as a son or daughter, the kingdom exudes from them and anything's possible. Right? And so this is what I want us to, to remember this morning. And I feel like that this invitation that we have, there's, there's multiple reasons why people don't, don't pursue the lifestyle of the miraculous. There's uh, bad teaching by good people. Bad teaching by good people. And I found out that some of that is, is some of it's just, just bad theology. Some of it comes from hurt. Some of it comes from trying to live this life and then it not going uh, the way that they planned it would and their faith gets shipwrecked by disappointment. We had a prophetic word probably nine years ago. It actually came through Robert Carson. We were in the house still uh, getting ready to start Revive the World. And um, I remember clearly that he said, he said, many have left the pursuit of the of what you are stepping into because of because of disappointment that's why one of my favorite messages to teach i taught it this week at the school is what to do with disappointment because we all get disappointed in life all right not just through the miraculous but lots of things disappoint us. And I need to know that I can drop that as seeds into the grace of God. And I can actually break agreement with that disappointment. I don't have to let it wreck my heart. Right? And I can have people help me. Counselors, sozo stuff. Like, do it all. Like, do it, get, it, get it all. Don't just do one or the other. Get everything. Like, do it all. <clears throat> Some people don't realize that. This is a side note. It's a small rabbit. I only chased it so far. But. When we do sozo ministry, it's, it's oftentimes not a one and done. Like that there's healing and things and freedom that happens in those sessions, but it has to be continued as a lifestyle. And, and often what happens is that we need somebody to counsel us. We need counselors too, right? And then the sozo actually speeds up the counseling process and they work together. It's not one or the other. They're both together actually. That's why I have a, a counselor that I see occasionally that does all of the above. <laughs> he does it, you just, it's a one-stop shop, right? Because in, in current culture, we want things fast and we want them now. We want it done and we just want to go into one thing and you pray for me and it's over with, right? And I wish it, sometimes it works like that. It does. And that's my expectation every time. But I should position my heart to actually walk this thing out and I need people to walk it out with me. It's good, right? That's, this, this, is, this is kingdom life. And so uh, that rabbit, I chased it far enough. So <laughs> people's faith gets shipwrecked and in, in, in because of the disappointment, because they don't see it or they see craziness that happens in, in charismania. <laughs> I'm sorry, charismatics. <clears throat> it's a slip of the tongue, I promise. That was, I'm sorry, that's not true. It was intentional. 
<laughs> I remember walking into this Baptist church that they, they used to let me preach at, and uh, I got Baptocostal in there. <laughs> people started getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, and <laughs> people were getting healed and delivered, and, and uh, the pastor had come out of Pentecostalism, and he'd seen all kinds of messy, hurtful stuff that was flesh and not spirit, right? And most of us have, if we've been around it, we've seen it. You know, there's, a, there's an amount of flesh that, that goes into that, and we just, we've created a place where there's safety um, to the best of our ability. But I, I understand that, and so over the door of the sanctuary, after you it's very similar to our, our setup, except for their sanctuary is right in front of the doors that you came in. And over the sanctuary, it said, everything to be done decent and in order. I'm like, I know what that means. <laughs> it means, Holy Spirit, you'll move if I want you to, and if, and if I don't, you won't. And you'll move just enough to not freak me out. <laughs> Which I don't know how you tell God that. <laughs> but that's what happens when people, they get hurt and they get scared and they get freaked out. And I understand all that, right? But just because people have bad experiences or maybe you've had a bad experience with it, doesn't mean it's not kingdom. Doesn't mean it's not truth. Doesn't mean it's not for today. This is what we've been invited into. This is the invitation that I felt Jesus extending this morning, regardless of where you're at today, regardless of what you've experienced. If you've got experiences right now that don't line up with the Word, I encourage you, go back to the Word and allow it to trump your experiences. Uh, and read the Scriptures. Look at Jesus' life. Look at the invitation of the promises of God. You'll do greater things than me, is what Jesus says. Not only will you do the same, but you'll do greater things. He says it in John 14, 12. Mark 16, he says, these signs will follow those that believe. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. <sighs> that new tongues thing's in there too in that one. That's a good one. I'll use that probably one of these Wednesdays as well. <laughs> and so these promises are in there. And then you look the prom the promises that Jesus commands the disciples and in Matthew 10 and different places, you look in Luke 19 and you find that, that he sends them out to do this thing and then Jesus is gone and they find in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, right I'm sorry, right before he leaves and ascends to heaven, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know that that is the same word, dunamis in the Greek, that's used for the word miracles in Acts 19.11. <laughs> Because it literally means miracle working power. He says, <laughs> come on. He says, you'll live a lifestyle of miracles when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the invitation to live a lifestyle of the miraculous, not to be perfect. He's not looking for you to be perfect. All he's looking for is progress. He said, how do I make progress? I just get up the next day and let grace guide me and just receive his love and love the next person that's in front of me. And whatever's needed for the situation, I know Jesus can do it. And I may not be, I might not, maybe you're not in a place of confidence of that right now, but knowing that all I need to do is have a mustard seed of faith for miracles to happen. I found out that I don't even need that. I just, I just, I just say this, I've learned it from David Wagner. I said, God, you can do whatever you want. Please just don't do it without me. 
I just want to be in the room. I just want to be near. I just want to be near what you're doing. Because that's, that's what we're made for. Like, this is it. This is kingdom life. So when we get out, this is, the, this is the community aspect of it. This is vitally important. Like, we're better together. I got healed the other night in my back. It feels completely healed to me. And, and, and it was a group of, of believers here, including my beautiful wife. It was a group of believers that were praying for me. And I was reminded the body heals the body. Your physical body heals the body, right? And, and, and community is so important because some things are only healed within the context of community. You can try as you want in the wilderness, but remember those that isolate themselves seek their own way. And so I, that's why it's like I know the difficulties and the challenges and the, and the pitfalls and all the things that you face and church hurt and all that stuff. Like I get all that. Like, I know, I've been hurt, I've been damaged. I, I, like, I get it, right? But I can guarantee you one thing, I've never been hurt intentionally. Not one thing that ever hurt me within the church was malicious. It's a Selah moment. Not malicious intent behind that. When I was in the world, I got hurt intentionally. I hurt people too, maliciously never in, in, in this thing, all right? If that's happened to you maliciously, not just suspecting that it was, but knowing, I'm sorry. And in all that, like I've got compassion and mercy for all that, but the invitation's still the same. It's not going anywhere. Like I'm still invited into this thing to live to live the kingdom everywhere that I go because heaven's writing heaven's writing an epistle of Jesus on your heart that you're sharing your story to the world around you through what you live right it, it, it may not look pretty in this season that's okay I love that phrase that as long as I'm breathing, he's not finished. I love it even more when it says, if it's not beautiful, you're not done. Brandon Lake Price sings that. I think somebody amazing sings that, that line. If it's not beautiful yet, you're not finished. <laughs> I don't even care if it looks beautiful. My goal isn't what it looks like. like because you're going to get criticized and have judgment passed on you by believers and unbelievers for living this life sold out to Jesus. Like, that's going to happen. <laughs> like, that's just, like, that's what, that's, you're going to do that. That's going to happen to you if you don't live for Jesus and you do a nine-to-five job. People are going to criticize you, right? All you're going to do is get a social media account and start putting things on there. Like, people will criticize you. If that's what you're looking for, like, you can get that. <laughs> so why not live it for Jesus? all out man I just feel him in the room he's he's not a taskmaster 
he's not saying to us today, it's, it's, it's this lifestyle or else. Like he's not saying that. That's not who he is. I'll tell you this though, that he won't stop. He won't stop inviting us into the more that he has for us because he's, he's a good father. And that's what good parents do. I'm going to keep giving you this invitation. I'm going to keep, like you, you can, all right? He's just going to keep on doing it. I can feel the presence of him. He's here. I don't do hype. I don't care about that. I'm not trying to get you to the altar. It doesn't impress me. I don't keep track of that. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to empower you that the things that you see in the book of Acts, all you got to do is read through that thing. Look at, look at 6, Acts chapter 6 and 7 and 8, and you, you find people that they called to actually wait on tables, to serve, to pick up people's groceries and deliver them, basically. They had one qualification, be full of faith in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's a job application you, you never got. <laughs> but you get you got it when when Jesus when Jesus invited you into this. You just have have to have faith and have the Holy Spirit. And he provides both. He provides the Holy Spirit. You look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. He says, Into each one has been dealt a measure of faith. According to the grace. Right, that each one of us have been given. So you, he, gave, he gave us everything. I don't need to do anything else except for keep on saying yes, no matter what it looks like. And whatever's happened in my life, I come back to this right here. There'll never be anything that trumps this. Come back to this right here and say, okay, it didn't happen like I saw it in there, but I need a clear revelation of the finished work of the cross because you said it's finished. I can feel him holding his hand out today. And this is what we're going to do. I don't even want you to stand. You don't even need to stand up. If you want to, you can. If you want to lay down, if you want to do whatever you want to do, you sit right there. I just want to take a couple minutes. And you, in your own heart, I don't need to know it. I don't need you to raise your hand. I can just feel the invitation of Jesus saying, will you, for some of us, will you try again? And for others, will you just trust me? And let's just go for it together. If you're interested, we can give you all kinds of teaching on what it is to do this stuff in the marketplace. That wasn't for today. It's really simple. But each one of us have to make a personal decision if this is what we want, if this is what we're going to do. All right? And knowing that he's, he's not just with us, but he is in us working through us. <laughs> and sometimes it's laying down what I feel like my reputation is. <laughs> well, I look foolish to the world to bring glory to Jesus. <laughs> Newsflash, 25% of people aren't going to like you no matter what you do. That's what they say. 
I figure I'm also just live for Jesus and love people. And if I look crazy, it's everybody else who cares. Because they thought I was crazy before Jesus. And I got family members that think I'm crazy after Jesus. So I didn't win anything. Like, there's no consolation prize for that. <laughs> we're, still, we're still not hanging out. They think I'm out there. Jesus thinks I'm normal. I know it's a relative term. But his, his thoughts are the ones that really matter. And so as we pray accept this invitation. I believe there's going to be this empowerment that rises up on the inside of you because I don't think it's going to be something you're getting that you don't already have. It's already there because he's in there. So just accepting this invitation and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live his kingdom life. And knowing that you have a family of believers that will walk this thing out with you. We'll look foolish together. How's that sound? <laughs> so Father we thank you right now for the invitation of heaven into a kingdom lifestyle we thank you Jesus that you've provided everything that we need we thank you that we have literally everything that we need to live this life of the miraculous to see unusual miracles happen through us because it's what you paid for I was wrong on the word invitation. Just felt like Jesus was saying, let them know it's not an invitation. Let them know I'm wooing them into this place. He's wooing us into this place. <laughs> because it's your love story that your life is writing with Jesus. So we thank you, Father, for providing everything for this life that we get to live and I thank you that even if we're afraid that we can still do it afraid even when we face fear we have the perfect love of the Father that's been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit to drive that fear away nervousness hesitancy all that stuff We surrender everything to you right now, Jesus. And I pray it all over again, and everybody that wants to pray it, I just rededicate this little bitty life to going wherever you want me to go, doing whatever you want me to do, and saying whatever you want me to say. I can't pray that prayer for you. I can desire it for you, but I can't desire it for you more than he, he does. And so in your own way, if that's your desire, if this is your Isaiah 6 moment of here I am, send me, even if it's just down the street, don't negate the fact that our country needs it just as much as any other one in the world. So we thank you, Father, right now for the grace to live this life. I thank you for a community of believers that are being sold out for this purpose right here to see the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven 
to release kingdom culture all over, everywhere that we go. Yeah, flood us today. Flood us. <laughs> flood us with your love. We're out of the river. I pray you help us get back in the river today. We surrender all. We surrender all. We take our experiences that don't line up with your word and we lay them at your feet, Jesus, and we exalt you above them all. it all to you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let our focus be singular on you. Help us, Holy Spirit, to live this life selflessly and in reckless abandon to Jesus and away from everything we were never created to be. thank you that we get to lay these lives down before you. We thank you that we get to give you back what you've given us. Thanks for a family of believers that are willing to do that. Not just here, I know it's families of believers all over the world that are doing this. We thank you that we get to be a part of, of the bride your bride, Jesus. Thanks that we get to be your bride. Help us look for opportunity as we go out. So go out this week. It's a time of year where people are sometimes turning to, <laughs> turn to people they're not supposed to be. 
is because of all that goes on. Help us to show people the selflessness and the giving and giving of self and love during this during this week. And if it's not already, I pray that it would become a lifestyle. And if it once was and it's not now, I pray that it would be reignited in us. Thanks for being so gentle and kind in the process. We are grateful. Grateful for your generosity, your compassion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. just going to invite the, the prayer team the folks to pray for you be wrong to teach on a miraculous lifestyle and not pray for people that needed miracles <laughs> so we just yeah we thank you father for doing miracles that people's need in their in their lives maybe it's a miracle that doesn't look evident maybe they're not hurt physically maybe they don't need a, a healing miracle of the physical kind in their life, but they need it in their family. Just pray right now for for that miraculous restoration, miraculous reconciliation, Yeah, the miracle of finances for people that need it. Yeah, the miracle of a sound mind. Yeah, the miracle of being able to operate from the mind of Christ. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for resurrection and relationships. We talked about raising the dead physically. Sometimes there's things that that need to be reignited in our relationships. You know what those things are. I pray resurrection power come into each place that it's needed. Yeah. And I pray in the midst of our busy lives that the cry of our heart would be these two things that that we want to know you more and to show us your show us your ways your will your way show us your ways Jesus yeah help us to abandon the things that we may thought were supposed to look a certain way help us just to surrender to your will, your way. And before this thing's done, before the curtain call of our lives, I pray that we touch as many people as we possibly can with your love. What better time than to start now? <laughs> yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Jesus. Thank you. Yeah.
you. Yeah, thank you. Ooh, bless you guys. Thanks for, for being here. Look forward to hearing stories about what happens as you just, let's just go after this thing, you know? You need advice, you got questions, shoot them to us, ask us. Like we don't have it figured out, but accumulatively we have enough experience in our, our core folks that we can probably help in some way. <laughs> yeah, so enjoy your week. And uh, if you need prayer, please, by all means, come up front. We love you guys. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.